create enriching experiences beyond the classroom through ACSI Student Leadership and Learning with Emily Pygett. Welcome to the Student Leadership and Learning Podcast, where we link arms together to impact, influence, and equip today's students to lead with intentionality and purpose. Well, I'm your host, Emily Pygett, and it is my prayer, it's my hope, that as we learn together, we will reaffirm our why. Why do we choose to spend our days investing in students? Why does our influence even matter? Well, I've been in education for over 25 years, and I've never encountered a group of students like the ones we have the privilege of serving today. You know, they're, they're brave yet fearful. They're thoughtful yet guarded. They're entrepreneurs, but they oftentimes struggle to get started. They're filled with hope, yet they're pensive about the future. These are our students, and we get the privilege of serving them, of guiding them, of giving them hope and showing them the way, ultimately. That's what an educator's influence is all about, developing student leaders. Well, our goal today is to identify the most effective ways to inspire and influence this generation of students to do something beyond themselves. And that something is to actually lead. Before we do that, let's take a look at what happens when people are thrust into leadership before they are ready. Well, uh, I saw this movie. It was a long time ago. It's really not even a great movie, and it's called Battleship. I'm not recommending it, but there is a scene in that movie that rocked me to my core when I saw it. So let me set the stage for you. It's a little odd, but go with me. Um, there was a group of naval ships that were in a training exercise. And in the middle of the training exercise, they were attacked by aliens. Yes, I know. Just, just stay with me. Um, and in the middle of the attack, many of the uh, leading officers lost their lives. Now, in a military movie, when um, a leading officer loses their rank, then the next one in line rises up and rises up. Well, so many of the military officers lost their lives that what you were left with after at the end of the alien attack was a group of men and women, none of which had ever held leadership positions ever. And they were grappling, trying to figure out what in the world they were supposed to do. And the person who naturally in line assumed the leadership position really didn't know what to do. And there was a young man um, in this movie that got so rattled because he had no idea what to do that he looked to this now leader who was not prepared for the leadership position. And this is what he said, sir, would you please just give me an order? I don't know what to do. In other words, he wasn't equipped to do anything other than follow orders. This is what we have to prevent with our students. We've got to equip them to rise up and take leadership positions, being ready and equipped to lead as God has called them to do, to take responsibility for their own lives. And then we have to release them to actually do it. And the way we do that is to help them develop leadership muscles. So let's unpack how to do that. There's three ways that, that we're going to walk through together today that just gives us a, a surface level place to start. So number one, what's our first step? Create a climate of trust. Create 
a climate of trust. Now, Nelson Mandela says it this way. The greatest glory in living lies not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail. See, as we work together towards developing a leadership culture, we have to position our students to experience failure and then be willing to walk them through that failure. You see, oftentimes, because we know that in their learning, they're going to fail, we tend to guard them because we don't want them to experience failure and then set them up for success. But what we're actually doing is we are hindering their development of leadership muscles. See, when we allow them to fail and then we walk them through it, when they do fail and they will, we begin to foster trust with them, creating that climate of trust. You see, trust is tricky. You have to earn it, but you can only earn trust by giving it. So what's the best way? What is the best way to develop trust? I sum it up like this. This is what I used to do with my students. Give them all the responsibility they can handle and actually even a bit more and then stand back. See, because what you're doing is you're sending this message. I trust you. You might mess up. You probably will. But we believe in comebacks. You see, even the worst mess up is redeemable and we will not give up on you. That's the message we're sending to our students when we trust them and when we come alongside them when we fail. Now, a great example of this is a, a story of a famous test pilot by the name of Bob Hoover. Now, Bob Hoover's job was to take old planes. So from many of the planes are from our, um, our previous wars, and he would get them ready to fly, make them fly worthy. And he would take them up. And oftentimes he would take people for a ride with them. Well, one time Bob was flying a World War II plane and he had a couple of people up with him. So he had climbed to about 300 feet and all of a sudden, both of his engines stalled. It wasn't a sputter, it was a full on stall. Now, any normal pilot probably would have, that would have ended in, in disaster for both Bob and the passengers that he had with him. But Bob was an experienced pilot and he was able to glide this plane into safety. Now, when Bob landed the plane, he had a hunch and his hunch was spot on. Here's what he did. He went and he inspected the fuel because see, Bob thought for the engines to stall, like they did, perhaps the wrong fuel was placed in this airplane. And sure enough, this particular airplane ran on regular fuel. And instead of regular fuel, the mechanic put jet fuel in instead. Well, naturally, Bob asked to speak to the mechanic and the mechanic was a nervous wreck. Of course he was, because he, because of his mistake, Three people's lives could have ended. Well, the mechanic walked up to Bob and, and one might have expected Bob to berate him or even if not even to berate him, perhaps point out all the mistakes that he made. But here's what Bob did instead. He put his arm around this young, trembling mechanic and he said, to show you I'm sure that you'll never do this again, 
I want you to service my F-51 plane before I take it up tomorrow. Trust. See, when students trust, it leads them to joining with the utmost enthusiasm you, your school's mission, whatever plans it is that you've created, they want to join it. They want to be a part of it. And here's what we all know. If you've been in education for two days, you know this. When a student is on fire, no one can stop them. See, there's a contagious spark that only they can ignite. And once it's ignited, it's unquenchable. And it is a fury of, fury of growth throughout their peers. That's why developing a student leadership culture is so important. And that's why it has to start with creating a climate of trust. Now, the second thing is listen intently. Now, while this one may seem obvious, let me let me unpack this just a little bit for you. See, listening is different from hearing. One of the leading leadership training organizations is the U.S. military. Interestingly enough, back in 2012, they were spending millions of dollars in leadership training. They were throwing everything they had at trying to develop strong, quality leaders who would then go out and defend our country. Brilliant plan except it wasn't working. See, the leave rate in the military, it was skyrocketing and they could not figure out why. Well, they decided to do a deep dive and, and um, have some conversations and do some research. And what they found out was interesting. Now, one would think maybe the leave rate was connected to the pay. You see, back then, the average pay was about $25,000 a year, barely enough to sustain a living. However, pay was number five on the reason for leaving. The number or the number one reason people were leaving were not was those that decided that they were not being treated with respect and dignity. The second was those that felt like they were being prevented from making an impact on the organization. And number three, they were leaving because they did not feel they were being listened Two. Now, number four was people that felt like they were not being rewarded with more responsibility. So let's just put our minds around this for a second and put this in the context of our students. Our students want to be treated with respect. They want to feel like they're making an impact. They want to know that they're being listened to. And at the end of the day, they want more responsibility. If we break down any part of that, we're left with students that are not going to desire to lead. You see, when we listen to our students, we move them to action. Because this group of students, they're smart. They're talented. They are full of great ideas. What do we need to do? We need to position ourselves so that we have a front row seat to these great ideas so that we then can help propel our students to action. So how do we do this? Well, when I was a principal, one of the one of my favorite things to do was develop committees. I had so many committees that I had a hard time keeping up with it. But the reason I did it is because I wanted a seat at the student's table. I created leadership teams because I wanted a seat at their table. I've, I didn't want them to have a seat at my table. I wanted a seat at their table. 
So I encourage you, create committees, create leadership teams that position you to have a seat at their table. Listen to what they're saying. Only then can you identify the issues. And then once you hear those issues, you empower those very students to fix it. I'm not saying they can do it without us. Guess what? They can't. They need the influence of godly men and women. The educators are in the, that are in their lives. They need our influence. You see, sometimes your role as a leader, it's more about defining reality for them at the same time giving them a Hebrews 619 kind of hope. That Hebrews 619 kind of hope that is the anchor for their souls. Listen to your students. And number three, then after we've created a climate of trust, we've listened to our students, we've positioned ourselves so that we're around them. The last step for us is actually empowering our students to lead. You see, there's a vast difference between true servant leadership, which is defined as leadership that is others focused and that with the end goal of serving people, solving problems, basically looking at the life of Jesus and leading as he led and others first focused. So there's a difference between servant leadership and task-oriented leadership. The problem is, is that in most cases, the leadership opportunities that we think we're giving our students, they're not leadership. <laughs> what, what we've done is we, we, have, we have this list of tasks. We need somebody to manage the snack cart. We need somebody to do concessions. Um, we, we need someone to collect things, to um, take to a donation spot. You see, these are tasks. These are tasks that are complete, that need completion. But what we do is we throw a mask on them and we call it leadership and we assign it to the students. And then we sit back and we're happy and we're content because we've positioned our students to lead, except we didn't. See, tasks, they don't produce leadership muscles. Yes, they require responsibility, but listen to this. If a student can't wreck whatever it is you've asked them to do, that will leave you with some consequences that you probably won't want, then it probably isn't leadership, it's only a task. You see, effective leadership requires critical thinking muscles to develop. They should be flexing their leadership muscles or it isn't resulting in growth. It should be hard. It should tax their brain. It should require abundant thought from them. If not, we've taken a task and we've called it leadership. But when students feel that they are part of the success of whatever it is that you've rallied them around to do, they will perform with such high standards. See, we get so nervous and we think, what if they fail? Well, we've already covered that. They're going to, okay? And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. But that's not the thing that I want us to focus on. When students feel that they are part of creating success of whatever it is that you've given them, they're going to automatically perform with high standards. See, they want to do it right. They're leading. They want to make right choices. They want to encourage others to do the same. See, in essence, your hard work and my hard work of maintaining high standards and moral choices, it becomes so much easier when the students are trusted with leadership responsibility and then they actually are empowered to serve people and solve problems.
You see, when we empower our students, our goal is to articulate a common goal that inspires a diverse group of people to work hard together. Okay, that's leadership. How do we get all of these different students with different mindsets and different backgrounds and different life goals? How do we get them to come together and work? You see, that's part of the empowering, creating a common goal that a diverse group of people can be around. Be that school. Be that school that gives them their very first shot, the unlikelies in the room, not just the ones that are easy to spot for leadership, but the unlikelies, the, the ones that don't rock the boat, they're quiet, they get rarely any attention, and, and you wonder if they even have a voice. I promise you they do. Take a chance on those students. Take a chance on a promising student that's actually maybe made some pretty big blunders regardless of their track records. I, I've had some of the best leadership success stories with the students that are the least likely to look like a leader. Their track record is not an indication of their propensity and ability to lead. See, because Christ in us, the redeemer, the, the one who can take old things and make them new, who can take any life, no matter how far gone and use it for his glory. Yes, that same God is working in the lives of our students. And Western history, I mean, just think about it. Western history is premised on the notion that one person can actually make a difference. See, did you ever, did you ever meet a person that changes the way you look at the world? I have. Do you ever meet a person that inspires you to be a better version of yourself? I have. The majority of them are students. It's incredible. You see, when their lives are changed, those changed lives typically go into the business of changing lives. See, what if education changed to match the needs of our students? See, I'm not just talking about our, our seven to three day, but what if the way we teach our students changed to meet the needs of our world? What if our main goal as Christian educators was to use our godly wisdom and influence to develop student leaders? I know we've got objectives. I know we've got accreditation standards and we've got college standards and we've got the SAT and the ACT. I know that, but what if our main goal was to use how God has equipped us, our calling, our influence as an educator to develop student leaders. You see, in a world like today, where anything can be found on Google and chat GBT or other AI tools can solve quite a bit of problems for us, what we have found is our students, see, they don't need us for information. No, they actually don't, but they do need us for wisdom to help discern the information that is at their fingertips. And they need us for Christ-like influence. So let's use our influence to develop student leaders who will transform this world for Jesus. And don't forget, what you do as an educator, it matters. Every moment, every day, you are a difference maker and your students are worth it. See you next time. Student Leadership and Learning is a presentation of the Association of Christian Schools International. 
Create enriching experiences beyond the classroom by visiting acsi.org slash studentleadership.